has it happened to you that you meet somebody and in the first conversation by itself you just know that their story their journey has been so fascinating that you have to know them at a deeper level i met this person in a very social formal setting and in first 15 minutes i learned something interesting about him that he has traveled more than 50 countries and has worked with more than 60 nationalities in his in his 18 years of career as a leader as an executive and that was mind boggling enough because that opened this pandora's box where both of us explored so many stories hi there welcome to absolutely right india's only leadership podcast show based on graphology where i study people decode high performers minds to actually talk about how they think why they think the way they do and what can you and i do to become high performers like them and also tap into our highest possible potential so that is the overall idea of this podcast is called absolutely right if you haven't explored this yet please go ahead check out all the episodes that we drop every wednesday my name is aditi surada i'm a behavioral analyst a high performance coach and founder of india's only mental gym called apt the website is aptmentalgym.com So last one year we have been running this Apt Mental Gym and at this point right now we are starting a new batch which is Apt 2.0 for next one year. In the first year we explored that people have so much to learn so much to understand about themselves and anxiety or stress is not something that they have to live with. There are so many simple practical everyday mental workout ideas that you have that can make you emotionally strong and resilient to go through the pressure that the situation is putting on you but all of this is taught in the mental gym so please check out aptmentalgym.com okay on that note let me tell you about a guest who is a fascinating person that i have met So if you remember I got selected in LinkedIn's Creator Accelerator program. I was telling you about this a few weeks back. So as a part of this program LinkedIn's India and global team teaches us how to create content for LinkedIn. So these are like 200 people selected from 10,000 different applications. So they are really smart. They are innovative. They are these go-getters, high performers in their own right. So I was at this meetup of these professionals at Bangalore. and i come across this one person with whom i just got connected so i'm talking about his experiences his situation the challenges that he has gone through in more than 53 countries that he has traveled please welcome savio de souza director of adidas ex leader from amazon someone who has worked for the last 18 years to create the career that he has and now after having been a leader for a long period of time he is choosing to become a startup founder now all these things are very interesting about him and what is more interesting is the question that he asks so if you are ready make sure that you keep your handwriting sample next to you because this is india's only leadership podcast show based on graphology so we're going to use the technique of graphology to explore the person i'm speaking with even deeper even more and even more accurate So if you are all set and all ready to go then all you got to do is tighten your seat belt and let's get started with this conversation. Hi Samio. Hello Aditi. We asked you to write a handwriting sample for today's show. After how long have you written? That's a very interesting question. Actually not too long because uh, I go for all these kinds of uh, seminars. I had a, a seminar where Ankur Variku you know spoke last week and I actually hand wrote more than type So I was just thinking about you know so for our listeners to get bit of description of what handwriting sample I have received from Savio imaginary lines on which he writes are extremely straight that talks about the focus he has now one thing for sure no matter how tough or how easy the tasks and life has been for you Savio I feel you always figured out what is your next focus. not a very long term idea but what is your next focus and then you brought yourself with all energy all you know vigor to just deliver on that next focus and then you figured out the other next focus and that has been like you know a, a step or a journey at a time and people wonder how how can you be so intense with your each small project but that is your signature uh, style of leadership for sure Right now, it's very interesting. Uh, I was listening with very keen intent, and in fact, 
after i turned over my handwriting on saturday i was waiting for this uh, chat with you i would say uh, my view on what you just said is yes it's true i think uh, i think uh, uh, you know i i look at each project or what it means in the next short term right what it means in the next 10 days 20 days 30 days what i need to do absolute focus but uh, there's also a mixture of the long term in in my opinion and uh, there have been a couple of instances where i've seen that right uh, uh, in fact my focus on the short term is much more i would say heightened because i know what i'm going after for the long term so i think i i i kind of like this analogy where you look at the mountain and you feel it's really scary but you want to know you want to climb the mountain but then you look at the at the foothill and say okay i've got to do this maybe 50 meters or 100 meters and then look yeah. up again and then figure out so i think and that and that's always worked for me right so um so i think i i break it into what needs to be done today tomorrow short term maybe one year six months whatever now but i also know what i want to be in 5 or 10 years so where i want to be in 5 or 10 years and might or might not happen that way journeys do change or the journey might not be right but yes that's that's where it is that's what that's what yeah. i think I'm i bring gonna, i'm going to i'm going to add to what i just said you know i feel it is not about the long term or short term i was talking about as much as the intensity with which you function in each part so if you say next 50 meters what i'm going to climb then you just give your heart and soul to that 50 meter and then you like pause for a moment and next then choose the next 50 meters and then you give your heart and soul to it that intensity is rare people just think it is mundane they get bored they just they just feel oh this is like whatever you don't have whatever moments i think you rarely had whatever moments yeah i i i won't say rarely but i think very very early on in life i realized that uh, uh, you know there will be and maybe at that point of time i didn't know the theory but now i know the theory behind it but i think this goes back right to i would say not childhood but teens right where i was faced with a couple of failures right uh, i i didn't have the i mean I, i was a good student but i didn't have the best start uh, somewhere around you know my first one or two years uh, in in graduation uh, long story you know uh, there was there were family crisis and so uh, as a as a teen what do you do right as a teen you what do I, let, let's talk about what happened there because it's such a such a story of triumph and and you gathering yourself yeah so uh, i think yeah just to give some context around that i think i was a very good i am a very good student but at that point of time i was a very good student till right up till class 12 and uh, at class 12 my you know my father took ill uh, just towards the end so uh, he was detected with uh, brain cancer and uh, you know i have siblings but they're much much older uh, so so they were you know they were in bombay but you know my sister was married my brother was uh, so so uh, a lot of uh, my brother was busy he was there at home but a lot of caregiving came on my mother and my shoulders right so uh, i did a year of bsc uh, you know was not too fond of it uh, <laughs> my and i think i was in one of the top colleges of bombay uh, which is very strict on attendance uh, which is st javier's college and at that point of time i think i must have been the only student who got an exception for attendance and even then i think i somehow cracked two subjects one is chemistry and one is foundation course mm. but uh, wasn't too keen on it and then i had i i remember after my father expired three months later i uh, it was an april day uh, my physics paper was the next day and i kind of uh, uh, i studied tried hard but then i broke down and told my mom that this is not for me you know mm. i want to either go for engineering or to chartered accountancy for my own reasons mm. uh, we went for engineering and after doing engineering again i flunked in the first year right because uh, because i just didn't know how to study and the trauma was too much so the first four five six months Absolutely. so year was uh, but uh, and that's another story uh, where you know i i kind of very grateful i'm to the director of my institution uh, dr asnare he's the first batch of it madras he's now still around in pune he's 80 plus i haven't met him for a long time but i think he held my hand at that point of time and told my mother and he's someone who's very strict a disciplinarian believes either you're cut for it or not and there was something he saw in me right he said that mm-hmm. uh, he, i mean he told my mother that if you if this boy gives up now i think it's going to be uh, it's 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 a uh, it's going to be a loss right i mean he he will do and so i think faith shown by him and of course my mother i think put a lot of uh, uh, you know drive in me that i have to succeed uh, more so i think more than succeed i thought i had let myself and everyone down by not trying right uh, mm-hmm. Uh, by 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 not trying and so i said i don't know four years 
if just imagine if you flunk your first year bsc because of family issues and then you come back and you flunk your first year engineering and then you mm-hmm. think you start self doubting right and Absolutely. i'm all of 17 18 right and yeah. i constantly hearing up people's voices saying that oh but that i used to be a brilliant student in maths right also out uh, school mm-hmm. uh to some point where i said that you know what this can't have changed in two years right mm-hmm. so what is it that's going wrong you know what do i need to drown and i completely drowned myself uh, into taking uh i don't know maybe seven days at a time 15 days at a time i just i just sat with all my rigor wow. uh, i have a i have an interesting story to add which i've written about on linkedin as well i'm a big believer of sports right uh, i'm a big big believer of sports and i think i'm privileged to work at adidas it's my dream come to uh, you know <laughs> even though i'm transitioning because uh, i always wanted to work for a sports company because i i did a project with the international cricket council and i remember when i was going through this phase uh, the world cup was going on the cricket mm. world cup 1999 it oh, okay and and my favorite cricketer like i mean of course i loved tendulkar of course i loved dravid but <laughs> my favorite cricketer of that era was uh, the australian captain steve wogg okay. uh, primarily because i don't think he's and he himself admits it that he was not the most talented cricketer compared to tendulkar and lara but if you say his records he was always in the top 3 batsmen at that era and that is consistency mm. and discipline uh, and then there was this fantastic match uh, i don't know if your listeners have followed cricket there was a fantastic match where australia was almost out of the world cup tournament mm-hmm. but they beat south africa in the semi finals by mm-hmm. tying the scores right and and that triggered something in me you know that i said that if this team cannot give up after scoring 210 and yep. fight back every to ten nil i think that's where i get my intensity from aditi wow that's so interesting like you know they say that sports is an important uh, area for all of us to learn from but this is like a transformational it is like that moment yeah. where where all the pieces fall in place and you suddenly realize i got goosebumps as you were talking about it absolutely <laughs> and there's an interesting part to this story right uh, many many years later i met steve wog in dubai oh, okay. and, and uh, did you tell uh, him that yes i mean he oh. said uh, i don't know i i i bet also dravid in the same uh, in the same uh, you know here but i i told steve wog and i think uh, because lots of indian kids come and say oh you know we like uh, tendulkar or we like lara and right. even in, in australia people had so many other heroes to go after right uh, steve wog is an unlikely hero and i think he was <laughs> he was pretty happy i told him my story right so yeah <laughs> the second aspect that i want to highlight that you know you are extremely supportive when it comes to doing things in a certain manner or supporting your team or moving with them but if anybody catches you arguing with them then it becomes i can only pray for them ah <laughs> uh. <laughs> aditi i i must say i'm amazed uh, you know at your at your ability to read handwriting uh, and that's exactly uh, you know who i am uh-huh. uh, so i of course went to a convent school in 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 bombay don bosco bodibli and there's this one thing that stuck me at somewhere at some point where the where you know don bosco used to be a great fan of uh, you know uh, i mean his entire life mission was in devoted around young boys especially mm-hmm. he started his mission in italy and he used mm-hmm. to pick up you know urchins from the streets boys and give them a better life right treat them teach them carpentry teach them oh i didn't know this okay and i think one real important line that i heard somewhere stuck with me right which is called tough love right uh, it's called tough love uh, <laughs> so yeah what that means is that i think i am i'm someone who has very high standards of himself and the team and everyone around me and when i say high standards i it's not just you say the high standards and you just leave i'm i think i i believe in of course you rightfully said i believe in working with the team understanding leadership is a tough job right i mean i i learned about oh, yeah. it i've been a leader for 13 years i started my career i think i was very fortunate at 30 to uh, to lead lots of people who were twice my age at that point of time and also to lead people who were from the uh, uh, from various parts of life from you know 21 nationalities and some of them were ex military forces from various oh, uh, you know who had then come into civilian life and i think uh, that's what the military teaches you right i think uh, they love one another they extremely strong and stand for each other but there are no prisoners right you can't you can't uh, and when i say slack it doesn't mean that you can't have a bad day you can't be off day but i think i i i go for intent right i go mm-hmm. for i go i'm very big on intent so uh, it's okay to you know try and fail but what are you doing about it and yeah so the point is uh, 
I, I give this example to someone, right? Uh, if there are 50 folks, you know, that I have to work with, I'll find who the, uh, I mean, I would love all 50 to be a high performers, but if I have to create a high performing team and once that is created, mm-hmm. I think I back for them with all my life, right? So, so that's who I am as a leader, but extremely well read, Aditi, I must say. <laughs> so on our show, if it is correct, we say absolutely right, because that's the name of the show. Right. Absolutely right. <laughs> so one of the things I would like to explore here, you know, it's extremely tough to have everybody in your team as a high performer. Obviously, it is not something that happens every now and then. But as a leader, it's your job to bring in the best out of them so that the team can function better. But when you question intent, like how do you decide that the person does not have intent required? Well, there's no set formula to be so Aditi. I think it takes a lot of effort and work. Uh, I think it's hard for me to quantify it also because it's partly subconscious now. Um, mm. But uh, I think a couple of things that you look at is, uh, I think few things is, one is integrity, right? It's uh, integrity towards, uh, towards what we have all decided as a team, uh, you know, but it's it's okay it's okay to uh, you know to not to not have succeeded as well as the others but it's very mm-hmm. important that w- what integrity did you bring to it so for example uh, let's say let's, let me give you a hypothetical example right if if uh, if you took help and somebody helped you once or twice or thrice did you even go out and try it again like do you really believe that there is something that you know that that you and maybe it's it's not your forte, right? But did you then go and communicate? Because I I feel uh, like there is no right answer, or I, probably difficult to scientifically say it. But I think authenticity shows. And it, to be honest, I just to add to that, Aditi, it's not like those decisions are made in fifteen minutes or half an hour or one hour. I think, but you over the period of time, you know, you get to know it through 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 various uh, interactions, through various projects. It's also three sixty degree, right? You understand. Uh, and as a leader, I think one thing that I primarily believe in I, I of course believe strong in my own instincts but mm-hmm. I also make sure that I'm checking my biases I'm, I'm talking to others I'm talking to the, the peer group and so it gives me a good framework and I'm talking to them as well right it gives me a good framework to say that um, is it a question of intent is it a question of capability is it a question of both right so the two by two so I think uh, like I said leadership uh, it's it's less about being on the stage but more about being on the balcony and the shadows right so the work gets done there. Oh. I think the stage moments are very few Yep. In today's stroke of graphology, I want to talk about the whole idea of analyzing other people. You know, once you start listening to all the traits that I speak about, you will be able to analyze people to some degree. But what is important to keep in mind when it comes to graphology is not the strokes that you find and not the accuracy of analysis that you speak about. It's about being conveyed. It's about the person feeling that they had a real, genuine conversation. And for that, you've got to build yourself. So every time you look at your client or look at someone who is asking questions to you, please pay attention in the way they speak, in the way they look at things, in the way they explore things. All of these are your data points. You don't have to go in a lab and start doing the data, luckily for us. We can start our research just by observing people and correlating them with specific graphological traits. Now, having said that, though I speak a lot about differences and how people are extremely new and extremely different and extremely unique, I also find some similarities. I feel no matter how diverse we are, at the end, there is a common platform that we all experience. There is a line written by Adoha, actually written by Kabir Das. And I'm sure he didn't mean it the way I'm going to say it, but I hope this makes sense. He says, Ranga hi se ranga ubuje sabarang dekha ek. From one rung comes all the other rungs and all these colors that are really fascinating for other people. For Kabir, they are all one color. Because he says, Kaun ranga hai jeeva ka taka karahu vivek. Which means, what is the color of a human being that you got to be really observant of the fact? Now, every time you meet a person and now that you will learn graphology a bit and in pieces and you start analyzing and implementing, you'll realize that people are different, they are diverse and they have so much to offer. But at the same time, they are completely 
completely unique and bound by their own insecurities so when they meet the other person when they write the handwriting sample when they try to have a conversation whatever they try to say in their words in their actions can be replaced but handwriting because it is such a correlation with your body and your mind it always and always gives away the real real information so keep that in mind i hope the whole journey of learning with these people and growing becomes more and more interesting for you so all the best and let's get back to our conversation with savio because we have a lot to cover is there any a moment where you thought that as a leader you realize something so powerful you know all of us have those epiphanies while working and while going about our regular roles and suddenly you realize oh my god that was an interesting choice as a leader and i never i am just saying from a perspective that in our few conversations i realized that you are a great learner and that also means that you put yourself in the uncomfortable spaces every now and then and then something that comes to you becomes your new epiphany and that becomes a new learning so as a leader have you ever found something like that well like many actually and to be honest uh, at various stages but let me pick up one because i think there are lots of epiphanies lots of smaller epiphanies <laughs> but uh, i just wrote a, in fact interestingly i just wrote a post about it today on linkedin i think okay. uh, uh, you know in 2000 i was a new leader just uh, i mean i had smaller teams one or two people i think but uh, leading a large team multinationals across countries it was like almost going from x to 30x as a leader right and i uh, i remember which year was know, it how old were you uh 29 okay <laughs> so uh, so i remember i remember you know at at that point of time there was this um, this plane that uh, landed in the hudson river if you remember mm-hmm. this movie on yeah, yeah, yeah. on netflix yeah, called yeah. sully and there's a book yeah. about it so yeah. i became a huge fan of captain sully sullenberger right i read everything about it on new york times and then he was a part of a investigation and all of that and uh, you know i i again two three things that drive me sports military and crisis right so so okay. uh, <laughs> crisis really, did you say crisis drives you <laughs> yeah i think i think look i mean uh, when i say drives me it's uh, of course leadership is peace and war time but uh, but i think it spurs Uh, the best lessons i think crisis was the best Absolutely. lessons right in, in, I was, in top leaders i was just uh, talking to uh, somebody from my team and i said you know i love solving problems to a point that if you leave me in a jungle where there are no problems to be solved i would invent something because that whole idea of of stretching your own mind to solve something and crisis for that matter i think that is a space where the most calm and controlled feelings and emotions come for me so i completely resonate with what you are saying right and so i think uh, I, i i i love what you just said right uh, barring a fact that sometimes you know it's uh, it's 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 difficult and you can find challenges i think when you're growing to a certain extent but after a certain time you also need a process to to help yeah. everybody else think that way uh, but uh, but yeah coming back to the story i remember uh, you know asking uh, you know my team and some of them were uh, you know people who worked with the military and i said you know uh, if 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 i was if i was sully right or if i was in that position the entire crew the entire i mean it was a split second thing that right? 4 minutes is too short yeah but let's say you were in that position what would it take for me to earn your trust and you know your belief and all of that right and i i just got a simple line from them saying that uh, you know it's a very classic uh, quote in the military saying that the more you you know sweat in peace the less you bleed in war and i think that was an epiphany moment wow. and of course we had a long chat about it Uh, and it's not it's 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 on so many things it's about winning trust yeah. so you don't win people's trust when there's a war right you win right. people's trust when there's no war uh, you don't build skills when there is a war you you build skills wow. when there's no war uh, a war is like you have 2 minutes or maybe sometimes if you're flying a plane you have 4 minutes like sally had uh, and sometimes you i think it's just practice the ability to bring it all together uh, mm-hmm. so to, that were two epiphany moments one is sweat in peace Uh, and do everything that it takes in peace time to secondly is uh, life is a set of diverse experiences right so uh, the ability to connect the dots i think that mm-hmm. is that is super important for all top leaders founders ceos uh, just giving the example of sally if you read a story and if you read blogs about him he says that how he threw the entire playbook out right because uh, because mm-hmm. there is no playbook right when yeah, you have to land, land a plane in the water 
what playbook right so there is no playbook right so 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 you you go by gut but what people forget is that gut also is built with a lot of experiences uh, if you if you if you, you don't meet people if you don't talk if you don't uh, speak to a lot of people or read a lot whatever works for you i think there is no gut right i mean then it's very difficult because your gut is a function of a lot of experiences that you have gone through beautiful i was reading this neuropsychologist and she spoke about this she said the whole idea of gut feel is not the only intuitive part it is your unknown style of pattern recognition through all your experiences that you have gathered over the years and that's why it feels so automatic that you feel you're having this intuition as if somebody is sending you that brain wave but most of the time it is the experiences and all the learning passive and active that you have gone through that pattern recognition happens in a moment automatic and that's why it feels so natural but that's i completely agree completely <laughs> completely agree so as a, as a leader your job you're saying is to expose yourself to different situations whether you like it or not so that tomorrow when the situation comes that is you're sweating in peace so you're prepared for the war right and let me give you an example for the jump from the jungle right mm-hmm. uh, there are certain species of if you watch national geography which i'm a big fan of <laughs> you'll find that sometimes uh, you know either the leader walks at the back uh in a, in you know because attack. the attack depends on the by the way it also depends on the animal tribe right yep. if you are a, if you are a predator you usually walk in the front mm-hmm. uh, as a leader but if you are the uh, you know defender uh, you know you might yeah. be walking in the middle or back different formations so i feel uh, leaders are the folks yeah. who you know if, i mean of course if you're going to new situations and especially in growth organization right because you got to be a predator and you got to be a defender both so mm-hmm. you got to go to new experiences to learn what's there right Uh, otherwise how will you lead lead the tribe as well if you have not been exposed to it right so right. so that's exactly very very well said by your friend so i think savio this is the time i turn the table so over to you what questions you have for me well uh, of course lots and lots of questions aditi but uh, <laughs> but uh, let me start with a few right a um, couple of i think i have three questions uh, and there may be more as we speak so uh, you know i have of course gone through a lot of transitions i've been you know uh, you know worked internationally worked in multiple countries came back to india got close to tech uh, now in a c suite and i go to i'm now going to be a startup entrepreneur right wow uh, and you being an entrepreneur you manage the team yourself so yeah. what are your key guidances for me as a leader uh, you know you deal with ceos in performance plus you are the startup entrepreneur yourself so yeah what are your few you know key pearls of wisdom for me Okay, pearls of wisdom. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this question in two parts. One is a generic idea of it, and second would be keeping your personality specifically in mind. What can you do so that that can help you as your new leadership startup journey that you're gonna take? Now, I feel as a as a leader, the most important aspect is to listen and keep your ears open i feel people constantly give you all the red signals green signals it's just that we are unwilling to look at it and most of the time that's because we have decided what we want to do or how things should be it took some time for me to realize it because i was in a profession that nobody had ever walked down this path of graphology back in the day right so i had initially some ideas that worked very well and that initial success makes you believe that you know it and you don't realize when that know it becomes know it all and that is a very tricky space as a startup founder because when you're working with other people other leaders they constantly give you feedback or or you know whether your style is working or not but when you're on your own and making all your learnings and mistakes alone like that it becomes extremely tough for you to spot those you know extreme ideas which are ego driven or driven by your limitations so there's a quote that says uh, oscar wilde actually said he said i am not too young anymore to know i know everything so you know as as a younger yeah that's not about the age it's about the journeys that you take so as you will move from the leadership position as a c suite leader to a startup situation you realize that you may think that you know leadership but the business is going to teach you things that you absolutely have no clue like it is just like hands on and i believe that's going to be one of the most adventurous and most difficult parts of this journey i think and i i would not even say that you're not prepared for it keeping your ability to constantly question yourself i think that would work but one must do that 
second aspect i feel is taking actions so many times people remain in the ideation stage for way too long so when you put small things into action you fail you fall you just figure things out like in the last 2 3 years that i've been a content creator all our listeners and followers have seen me fall on my face multiple times and it's a public failure right like you you want to do something and you say okay this is what i'm going to you know experiment with or this is what i want to do and you just start doing it and you don't see success the way you expect it to or or you fail you absolutely fail in public that time just remembering that that is the game taking actions and failing or falling or winning but taking action is my favorite part which i feel is being process driven and result focused so you can't be completely driven by only results can't be driven by only only process but that balance i feel many people miss that process aspect i feel is the devotion is somewhere like you wake up and you give yourself to the process and results happen the last one i would say uh i was talking to a co-founder and we were having an argument and she was like but this is not correct and i was like proving my point with like some numbers and or some 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 logic there and she said aditi but if you make mistakes who going to shout at you or who going to tell you that this is not okay and that question stayed with me and i kept thinking about it and i said what going to tell me that i was wrong is the numbers and they slap you really really hard they don't shout at you but they just say everything that you need to hear right in your face louder than anything so there is there's no mercy when you run a business it is either black or white and sometimes you want to have that emotional aspect you i was in that session with ankur bariko where he said algorithm has no emotions i loved that line i feel business also has no emotions so if you you show up uh, like you know we we do this episodes every week now almost 220 plus episodes we have done but just to deliver this one episode and other podcast seven episodes or so eight episodes that kind of content quality content requires a lot of back end work and the point is you do it or you don't do it nobody going to ask you but doing it and seeing your numbers grow or being honest with it that is a game i think that is the most honest feedback that your business gives you so these no, are brilliant <laughs> thanks i think uh, uh, so a couple of points when you were speaking first and foremost i uh, i mean i've i worked for 20 years and like i like to call this as a you know um the next 20 years right it's almost wow. in soccer you call it as half time right yeah uh, and stuff that you were saying i think i'm, I'm I, i think a i'm really grateful to have worked in companies like amazon yeah. because stuff like taking action process results in companies like amazon adidas uh cloudtail so many other companies right they really taught me this so you know uh, and I, if i had done this 10 12 years back i think i would have been a very different entrepreneur compared to who i am <laughs> uh ability to uh, you know uh, stay humble and listen i remember this quote that i heard on my first i think couple of days in amazon uh, mm. uh, in an orientation session where the country leader said uh, you know be the most hard working in the room but also be the most humble right uh, yeah and uh, i i you know was watching uh, uh, in an episode of suits after very long and uh, okay. the there was a jessica quotes uh, uh, you know quote from top gun huh. son your ego is cutting checks that your body can't crash uh, body can't cash this is a this is a quote from top gun actually and uh, yeah, and okay. and my point was you know i wrote it down and said don't cut checks you know don't cut don't let your ego cut checks that your dreams or your or your venture can't cash right so so i i wrote that down so i think i think great advice aditi thank you In today's Coach the Coach segment, I want to talk about imposter syndrome, a topic that I introduced and spoke about in my LinkedIn content. I am, by the way, running a mini mental gym experience on the LinkedIn page. So please check it out. If you find my name there, you will have all the details required. Every week we talk about new topics. So last week I was talking about imposter syndrome. And to my surprise, so many leaders and high performers participated in that conversation. They realized that the thoughts that they feel as if their success is a matter of luck. They do not deserve it. They do not know how it happened. And all these thoughts just make them feel like imposter. So that reminded me of a story that I read about Neil Gaiman, who is a very, very famous American author. 
Neil was invited in this residential program, residency, where he and other, some really, really talented people were working together. Uh, Neil felt out of place. He thought he doesn't deserve to be here and people are so fascinating and so powerful and so talented. What am I doing here? After two, three days, he bumped into a person, an elderly gentleman, who started talking to Neil and in some times they realized that both of them shared the first name and that was just an icebreaker. They got talking and they really enjoyed each other's company. After some time, this older Neil looked at the younger Neil and said, I don't know whether I truly deserve to be here or not. I don't even know why they have invited me here. And Neil Gaiman says, in that moment, I looked at the other Neil and said, yes, but you were the first man on the moon. And I think it counts for something. Neil Armstrong smiled on the sentence and realized probably he did not think that he doesn't deserve to be here. Now, if you feel like this, if you have this imposter syndrome, then please check out the three things that I've suggested on the LinkedIn page because no point suffering things that we don't understand. What we need to build is our own understanding, our own recipe for our success so that other people do not simply barge in and and take over what is truthfully, genuinely yours. Now let's get back to our conversation with Savio because we have so many things to learn from him. It is an unending, beautiful adventure. Every time I hear his story, I feel that way. My next question is around relevancy, right? I've seen, you know, my leadership style evolve over the last 13 years as a people leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the pace of change now is much more faster, right? Leaders like me are changing, are dealing with like changing people, demographics, workplace expectations. What's, you know, what's your advice in building relevancy as a leader? You know, for example, I think this is that point, inflection point where lots of people who started, who are, who are born in the 1960s are still working. So it's, it's you know, in a way, uh, you know, Gen, the earlier generations and we are at a point where internet came and now you have a lot of millennials oh, and gosh. Gen Zers coming into the workforce uh, so and and this is it's not just that there are two this always happens there's nothing new with it but I think even among the younger generations the pace of change is really fast right so people who were born in nine who came to the workforce five years back are finding themselves left out from people who are coming to the workforce now mm-hmm. so you're not dealing with two segments you're dealing with I think multiple micro segments of people right uh, or or you know, teammates. So what's your advice in keeping relevant or, you know, in building relevancy from a people side? Someone told me that as a leader, your larger objective always is to get the best minds and get them to connect on the larger idea. Now, I feel you might not be a subject matter expert and I don't think we can all of us cope up with the pace with which things are working. But if you're extremely clear that you have these people around you, who know what they're doing. And my job is to make sure that I connect them to this larger idea and constantly learn from them. Uh, I think that would solve the problem. I have met many older people and I, for some reason I have had been always been friends with people who are like 20, 30 years older to me. And some of them were so good at asking me questions about what I think about a particular situation and random conversation, right? Like they would, I would not even feel that they are investigating. It's a genuine opinion. And they were genuinely keen to ask me, okay, so why do you do this? Why did you choose this? Just to understand my perspective, probably how the generation thinks or how this human being who is much younger to me thinks. And that curiosity has taught me a lot. And I'm so curious about people all the time. I feel people are changing. They're moving at a very, very high pace. But I work with a lot of interns. And when I talk to them, I realize, and we have this huge thing about, you know, interns are not that committed, all of that, all of that. But I feel, why would they be committed to you if they're not learning and growing at the pace that they desire? Isn't it? And it is, I, I look at it as the most amazing thing that people who are willing to grow at a very, very high pace will bring in the value. And then if you do not provide the value to them, they won't stick around. So I feel that means as a leader, you always have to work harder to keep them engaged and, and bring in newer ideas. And, and that could be a challenge that one can enjoy. Lovely. Thanks. Thanks, Aditi. Uh, I think very well said. I mean, curiosity is something that I has helped me as a leader as a lot. Uh, even now, I think to the same point, 
managing folks who are just coming into the workforce and then managing people who are probably now you know closer to exiting the workforce or retiring mm-hmm. i don't think you ever exit the workforce but uh, or at least <laughs> that's I the choice that's the choice that people make <laughs> right no i i mean i was talking here yeah, you know but, but the reason i said that is because uh, with with current day technology and the ability to work at your pace uh, and, and and at your timing and at your choice lots of folks at least i feel in the next 5 to 10 years are going to not be completely cut off they will choose to work if they want to right i mean like you said at 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 a pace but yeah i think curiosity and being curious across the spectrum is is something i think even i take from a lot of and, you remember songs. back in the day we were not allowed to speak about our opinions like anything that we felt was we were not allowed to open our mouths now the generation that i grew up in the whole conversation became more open and available now the decisions are going to younger generation so we are evolving at a pace we either catch up with the program or not but i feel isn't it nicer that even younger uh adults have their opinions and they have they research it it's not that they're talking yeah. just like that they really have ideas and they really have the skill set that probably my generation took 5 or 7 years to build they come at at 18 or 20 with that skill set so i feel it's about sure hard work and learnability that they bring in so that is just working faster right no thanks i think absolutely agree with every word you said aditi I just have a last question. Uh, you know, you do so much, Aditi. You're the world-renowned well, anthropologist. You're the high-performance coach. You just started India's first mental gym, and you are the creator, right, fellow creator. Yeah. I think what you know. I mean, lots of times I've got this that you you multitask and you know you you are able to manage quite a few things. I I actually tell people that it's not so much about multitasking, but I fairly prioritize on three or four things and I cut out the rest ruthlessly, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, but i want to know from you right what do you do i mean you you i i i know you for like some time now and you're always available for the conversation your your profession demands that uh, as a high performance coach that you know you don't know when someone might need a conversation with you plus you're doing so much else how do you prioritize how do you manage so first thing is i meditate and i do my kama sutra s stroke practice i'm a dyslexic right so if i become too structured i can't function but if i have systems that i can use it works a lot i'll give an example what i mean so if i have to do something at 9 o'clock and then 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock i'm gone like i i cannot function like the school timetable method does not work for me and it took some time for me to realize how can i take care of my to do list but what works a lot is if i am i have a project that i want to do and if i know that this is what i go to deliver in this time period so that system building so i'm very disciplined but at the same time i'm i'm very open with my system so it's like it's not very confining and it works a lot for me so every time i recharge my batteries with all my personal routines before i come to work with yoga with workout with whatever needed i feel all of that just supports and the most important thing is every time i genuinely feel it's a privilege to do the work that i do so i it's my passion profession to begin with so i love what i do but having said that i went through a sabbatical phase for two and a half years and that was in 2000 i think 12 or 13 like that and that time i said okay you know enough of graphology i want to break because i need to explore other things i've done nothing in my career because i started very early when i was 17 so i i did only graphology so at that point i said what if, what if i explore something new so i did my training in acting and i did my yoga teacher's training course so i did a lot of other things that i aspired at one point i'm including art and then i realized i really love this so when i came back after that break i just feel every day is like a privilege because i had almost left it right so you had almost gone off and there you realize that how much you value it so every person who walks through the door i feel is sent to me so that i could explore something new about myself so that curiosity is the biggest and it is that has been undying in last 20 years i'm talk i have spoken about this on the podcast multiple times but i blush when i talk about graphology there's like this romantic relationship with exploring people understanding them especially through graphology that's like my my most beautiful i think love of my life so just this that whole ability and the choice and the space to be able to do that i feel is amazing so got it i think interesting i i, I picked up of course process rather than process with flexibility and i also picked up 
falling in love with what you do every day i think that's super important i completely buy that because if you're not in love with what you do it can become quickly a burden right and it's not a one time process people think okay i find this thing and it's going to be my love no it's just like you have to renew that contract every now and then pretty much every 3 days every 5 days because i'm a learner right so for me if i'm not learning from my work or i'm not learning from the conversation it shows in my work on my face it just shows so it's very important that i keep that learnability curve on and all the projects actually help so if i have less work i become sad if i have more work i'm more uh, i'm i'm more bearable as my mother calls like oh, please tum kaam karo you are like more manageable like that if you don't have work you become you turn into a monster so yeah 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 no i've heard that i've heard that uh, i've heard that line not for myself but for a couple of people i know so i completely relate to that <laughs> and uh, i think i just add to that i think every every everything you love or every relationship you have needs working anyways right so uh, you like you i like the line you said renew the contract uh, which is which is what it is i think you uh, even in your personal relationships and friendships uh, you have to renew the contract right otherwise it just dies uh, or at least i won't say dies but it it just then lies dormant it right? becomes then it becomes obsolete like people you know if you're not constantly uh not only growing but receiving what you would like to if you don't communicate that and i feel most of the time we put that responsibility on other people we expect them to fix it for us i feel that was my learning from one of my teachers more on like meditation space he said if you require something nobody is responsible for it you are the only person responsible so it's your job to get these things in alignment and that help me a lot as a leader more than anything else because things go off every day they go off but if you remind yourself every now and then and, and whenever i forget that i get into this victim story of blaming other people for it like, why didn't you do this you should have whatever whatever and it happens like like there's so many things to manage in a day but that reminder which also comes from your journaling practice and all of that so just remind yourself that first you're responsible no one else is if you don't take that responsibility you can sit here blame every single person possible but the work's not going to happen you either choose that responsibility or you know the victim story the choice is yours brilliant thanks aditi i learned quite a lot that's with my questions that i had okay so savior it's our turn to learn from you tell us three things that only savior can teach us uh well i think uh, whatever i'm going to say i think it's already there out there but i the fact that i pick these three things i think that's what makes them unique mm-hmm. uh i'd like to you know call it as my bet formula it's bet right okay. uh, and what does that mean i think first is build your tribe the b stands for build your tribe right mm-hmm. um, i always tell anybody who comes to me for you know a chat a conversation mentoring whatever that it's a long long journey it's a it's a marathon it's not even a sprint you can mm-hmm. sprint you can sprint 100 meters uh, right you can do that for 2 years 3 years but if you want to run a marathon or the relay right you yeah. need you need teammates uh, you need someone who builds you up and uh, this is what i realized in the last i think decade or so that you need people and i have a lot of go to people myself not necessarily always from work uh, yes of course from work as well i have a lot of uh, you know i've been blessed with a lot of mentors a lot of teammates uh, who who are always available for a conversation who i've been guided with but beyond work as well right friends uh, and a tribe doesn't mean that you just catch one person and this is something i learned very early as well you need to have a tribe tribe and you need to have a diverse tribe because each one brings wow. something to the table right so for example yeah. if i have to talk about a startup i have about you know a couple of people i can go to you know learn from their journeys uh, there are different people who you know i go to for life and all of that so build your tribe uh, the second thing i think the e stands for embrace i think embrace learning and embrace mm-hmm. failure right uh, mm-hmm. we get we get very scared of failure right uh, and my point That's is it. that uh, you know you can't if you if you start something you're going to be good at it and if you do it well you're going to be good at it pretty fast mm-hmm. uh, maybe one year maybe two years maybe five years but after that what right if you mm-hmm. if you don't try the next thing and anything you try even a child will start starts to walk right yeah has a high chance of and usually they fall right uh, so you've got to keep that natural instinct alive you have to keep allow uh, places to fail and allow places to learn and i think a point to that is if you're going to fail anyways mm. you might as well fail big right so you might as well fail you say fail quick big big 
Go, big. Go big. Okay. What does yeah. that mean? Quick and big, to be honest, right? You fail fast and you fail big. You, you, uh, you know, make your make your failure. I mean, depends on the failing capacity. But uh, if you want to grow, I think growth, how 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 much you grow, or how steep your growth curve is, is directly proportional to how much failure you're willing to accept, right? Uh, Digest. Because, true. True that. Right. So I so, think that. So what do you mean by fail big? Like, is it like you take more more risks than you can? you can digest or you just maximize what do you mean by that so uh, when i say fail big is go outside your comfort zone whatever that is ah, right go okay. outside your comfort zone uh, you you should you should have that butterflies in your stomach not knowing <laughs> a little bit a little bit i'm not saying go without a plan i think mm-hmm. i'm not that kind of a person myself so uh, but yeah it should it should scare it should it should keep you awake uh, right it should keep you a little bit awake it should it should it should force you to plan because if you're just going from step 1 to step 1.1 that is that is natural but if you want to grow fast i think you got mm-hmm. to embrace and and have that butterflies in your stomach right uh, and third is uh, you know turn the corner right mm-hmm. uh, i think you've got to accept that uh, the journey i mean you may have i think to the first point you said aditi if you look at a destination you may want to reach that destination and you may feel this is the journey mm-hmm. but i think you got to also be, understand that uh, you know uh, learning to deal with setbacks is as important as knowing how to move forward right because there is rarely a single way to a destination i i i mean you may be lucky you may be lucky once that it's a linear path but mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 times or 9.9 out of 10 times there is no straight road yeah. uh, and so you should you should be agile uh, you should of course uh, you know get your emotions to the fore uh, but yeah turn the corner so i think b is build your tribe e is embrace learning and is turn the corner because there will be many many turns and twists mm-hmm. there is no yeah. linear path yeah and i think like i feel being able to turn the corners and constantly you know figure things out is the most adventurous part of being in a startup culture so i think many people feel that is like the most stressful thing but it depends on how willing you are how ready you are how prepared you are to take that and i think that works Thank you so much. This was such a wonderful conversation. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Likewise, Aditi. I think always a pleasure. And uh, I think uh, what I really enjoyed was, of course, learning from the three questions that I asked you, and also, you know, getting my handwriting analyzed. I think it's uh, it's such a unique <laughs> uh, and nice, uh, you know, gift you have. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me one more time on the Absolutely Right podcast. It is always my pleasure to actually have such difficult, complicated conversations with some sort of framework. So when today Savio spoke about being little detached from the situation has helped him to be able to build his own understanding in the situation instead of concluding things is what actually would help you if you implement it. so in the next one week find ways in which you can implement the lessons that either i shared or savio shared but these are some really powerful principles so do not miss it and i'll see you next wednesday with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing